Hello everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and fix this next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of the Business Success and Coffee podcast. Today I'm joined by somebody who I've already had a bit of a pre-chat with. Uh, He was quite keen to find out what the podcast was all about and in particular listeners what value he could bring to you. So let me introduce to you Gary King. And Gary King is helping business owners to have the freedom to choose where, when and how they work. He's had 25 years of experience in high growth businesses, delivering results at a senior level. But Gary knew he could use his skills to help SMEs, small, medium sized enterprises. He's a straight talking, no nonsense Yorkshireman. I can definitely vouch for that. And he now helps ambitious business owners create the freedom to make the choices about their life through a range of online and and in-person programs. Having turned around his business and his lifestyle when struggling in the first few years, Gary now runs three successful businesses and it's his experience that he uses to help other entrepreneurs ditch the guilt, start earning what they're worth, which is really important, and have the ability to make the choices about how they spend their time. He creates what many hardworking business owners are missing, the freedom to choose. Uh, Gary's also uh, based here in the UK and Northern Regional Head for the Association of Business Mentors and sits on the executive team. Wow, what an introduction. Welcome to today's podcast, Gary. Welcome, thank you. Yeah, it's... um... It's a while since I've read that, actually, but uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people say that. They sit there and think, who's he talking about? Oh, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you, you mentioned they're Yorkshiremen. So yeah. tell, tell us where you're sat at the moment then. Give us an idea of the location of where you are. I'm in Leeds City Centre, so we work out of a, um, a pay-as-you-go rented office. Uh, yep. I'm usually with clients through the day, but uh, Fridays are not my client day, so... I popped into the office today and uh, just grabbed a coffee and uh, just killing a couple of meetings and uh, a couple of appointments before I finish for the weekend. But I mean, joining, joining us. Absolutely. Yeah. And and for the listeners, uh, some of them might not know where Leeds is. And obviously, I, said, I mentioned it's here in the UK. But people are very particular about the word Yorkshire, are they? And yes. you've got North Yorkshire, South Yorkshire. Which one does Leeds in? Because I actually don't know. Leeds is in West Yorkshire. So uh, obviously Yorkshire is one of the biggest counties in the country. Yep. And um, I think somebody said there's more acres of parkland in Yorkshire than there are words in the Bible. Somebody said once. But I'm uh, right. Okay. Leeds is uh, right in the heart of West Yorkshire. Right. Great. Fantastic. Well, when we first met for the pre-chat, you were on the road and you were you know, in a, uh, a cafe drinking coffee and I can see you've got your coffee now. Um, I'm drinking the usual sort of Friday afternoon, pretty usual blonde coffee because I've been drinking coffee for quite a bit and I want to uh, keep the levels of caffeine sort of semi under control. But tell us a little bit about the coffee that you're 
drinking today, Gary, and a little bit of where you've got it from as well, because you were telling me about that just before we started. Yeah, do you know what? I, uh, I, I, I spent most of my life in Starbucks when I'm not with clients, and uh, mm. yeah, some would say the coffee at Starbucks isn't brilliant. Do I go to Starbucks for the coffee? No, not really. I go to Starbucks because it gives me convenience in terms of Wi-Fi, the opening hours. Yep. It's just a good community buzz. I, you know, I'm one of these that, that recharges by being around other people, so I like to be in a coffee shop watching what's going on. Um, but uh, within the office that we uh, we rent space from, there is a uh, an independent coffee shop called La Bottega Milanese, and it's uh, an Italian guy that's based in Leeds who has got, I think he's got three or four independent coffee shops. So it's you know real high quality imported coffee yeah. um, served how the Italians would drink it, so kind of sharp yeah. and strong. Yeah. And uh, it's got a whole range of pastries which I've not partaked in today. So right. uh, yeah, I've got okay. La Bottega Milanese. Well, I must admit, I've got a slight sort of uh, guilty confession to make because just before I jumped on this, not only did I get my, my coffee, I got a flapjack as well because I was just saying to my wife, so I'm having a lunch. So she bought me up my coffee and bought me up a, a flapjack as well. So that, that was great. So listeners, don't nice. don't tell anybody else. So how, how do you take the coffee then, Gary? Is it is it black? Is it with cream? Give us a bit of an idea of how you take your coffee. Well, do you know what? It, it depends. Uh, in, in the winter months, when I'm not drinking cold coffee, which I don't mind a cold coffee in the in the summer, okay. the if I'm if I'm getting told off my by my personal trainer about you know getting my calories under control, I'll drink yep. black americano, and that and yep. I don't have a problem drinking black americano. But my guilty pleasure is a flat white, so I've got a skinny flat white in my hand, and I've gone decaf actually because this is my fourth coffee today, so I don't want to be too white yeah, by yeah. the time I get. <laughs> Yeah, when you're running around the walls. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I must admit, I've mentioned this on podcasts before. You know, all the names of coffee, you know, and you know, and and other outlets as well as Starbucks have created this whole new language that we talk about coffee of macchiatos and short tools. You know, all different sizes, and the flat white is one of those that I just don't quite understand. I must admit, uh, and I'll one day I'll get my head around what it used. Is it like something I used to have as a kid or something like that? But uh, it's yeah. it's a small latte. Oh well, there you go. See that that does it for me. You've summed it up perfectly. Small latte. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. So uh, in the introduction, you mentioned obviously your business experience. You've got three businesses at, at the moment, and and obviously head of the association of business mentors. What's been the latest or most significant thing that you've been working on? in yourself or in your business in recent months or perhaps a bit longer? Yeah, do you know, I, I think I can combine the two actually. If I could just give a quick um, mm. a quick summary of why the ABM exists. So uh, the lady that set up the ABM, a, a lady called Kerry Dorman, wanted to sell her business and took on the services of a business mentor and the promise to the earth. Yep. And uh, she realized after the event that actually they didn't deliver half the things that they claimed they could deliver. And she realized it was an unregulated market and that anybody could call themselves an expert. Yep. So she wanted to look at how she could bring some kind of credibility to those that were claiming they were an expert. So she set up the Association of Business Mentors. And the Association of Business Mentors has... has you know, it's, it's a social enterprise, if you like, and uh, and it's really struggled with building membership without the ability to invest in marketing to grow the membership. So it's, it's you know, it's 
it, you know, it, it's grown organically over the last 10, 11 years, uh, but it's never really set the world alight. And Kerry took a step back to focus on family and, and their business challenges. She's selectively involved in the association, but not as chief executive. And we put a new management team in, of which I'm one. And we're very, very fortunate to uh, be one of the successful consortium partners to win the Help to Grow scheme that was launched by Rishi Shunak, uh, yeah. obviously now the Prime Minister. But the Help to Grow scheme is designed to deliver business mentoring to 27,000 businesses over the next three years. Yep. And we decided as the ABM that we wanted to have a seat at the table. And, and some have criticised it because it's voluntary mentoring, but that's a government initiative. That's nothing that we can determine. But we said that if we want the, 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 you know, the many thousand mentors that they want to take on to be delivering quality results, whether it be complimentary or not, that they should have some kind of credibility and structure around their 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 interview, their induction and their training. So the ABM yep. has been successful in being part of that process to make sure all the mentors on the Help okay. to Grow scheme uh, have got some level of credibility and training that will deliver results to the to the mentee. Yeah. That means we've grown the membership to approaching 2,000 members uh, probably in the next Great. month or six weeks. So that gives us some momentum and critical mass. We're getting taken seriously as an organisation now, both in terms of the SME community, but also in in kind of at the central government level. Yeah, but but it's it's interesting because I've seen quite a few emails about help to grow uh, coming in, and seeing a few posts on LinkedIn as as well. And obviously, this is a UK initiative for those that are listening outside of the UK. But everybody I've seen that's been talking about help to grow has basically been selling a training course, some kind of management course from yeah. the universities. Uh, most of them put the government funding towards it so that the business only has to pay, I think, £750. Yeah, yeah. Lincoln, the university that I do some mentoring for, they've actually said, we're going to stump up the 750 so businesses can access it completely free yeah, of charge, yeah. which is great. Um, but very much it's about training, it's about a course, and there's very little actually hands-on mentoring to most of what I've seen at all. So I'm, I'm glad that you're taking the mantle on that because i mean and i'll just you know the listeners have heard me say this before but you know, i became a coach because of what your colleague there had gone through i'd had lots of coaching from some good coaches but some pretty awful ones as well and i realized that most of these people hadn't actually got any real experience to be able to help me and hadn't got any certification other than the fact they'd probably spent a lot of money and bought a franchise um some of them really good, and I've got a lot of time for, for quite a few of them. But you're right, you know, if there's there's no real guide for businesses of how they can select a good coach and a good mentor, which is essential to growth and scale. Yeah, of course. And, yeah, of course. And, and, and that's what the ABM was set out to do, is to differentiate those that have actually got experience of running a business and therefore can... Because mentoring and coaching are different. Coaching's about a questioning technique, to unlock the answers that the, the, the coachee already has. Mentoring is about offering advice and experience where, they, where the mentee doesn't have that advice and experience. So, you know, we advocate that you can't possibly be a mentor if you don't have the experience of running a business. And yeah. so those that have bought a franchise or been on a course or read a book or just for whatever reason decided they want to be an advisor, they're not going to get selected to be a member of the ABM, the Association of Business Mentors. Yeah. 
And so what we what we, one of the drums that we beat is that if you're looking to take on the services of somebody to help you transform your business results, just check whether the member of the association of business mentors, because there's a likelihood that they've been through some kind of credentials check and have got the necessary experience to help you deliver the results. It's almost yeah. like an advanced driving certificate, you know. So yeah. check that they're a member of the ABM before you start spending your hard-earned cash on any old advisor. Yeah, it always amazes me that, you know, if you've got somebody coming to look at your gas boiler, you're not going to let somebody come in to look at your gas boiler unless they've got some kind of uh, ACOPS or Corgi registration, some some little ticket yeah. that says they, they've gone through a process to, to validate that they're good at what they do. So, yeah. so, so tell us a little bit about Tendo then and what you've been working on in your own business as, as well as obviously the association. Yeah, sure. Well, the, the Tendo's in its 13th year now. I, uh, I set up the business in the last recession uh, in 2010 when I left my corporate yep. role. And I'd always been running businesses in corporate roles. So I have that running business experience. But I, I, obviously, when you're reporting into somebody else in a corporate role, uh, you're not in charge of your own destiny. And everybody told me I was nuts setting up a business in a recession. <laughs> and that's yep. the time to help business owners that are struggling when it's in a recession. So we're in year 13 now. And pretty much since that first opening up within lockdown i've been solidly so for just over two years now helping clients write business plans develop business plans because a business plan is i i say it's a bit like a sat nav for your business it helps you navigate those vital next steps it helps you articulate what your vision is and and, and what strategies you're going to adopt to get there yeah and our, our our business planning template isn't like some of these big thick business plans that you've seen traditionally as is a single a3 page we've got everything you possibly want on a single a3 page and because that means it's agile and dynamic and it's got everything on there that the business owner needs every business owner that wants to grow their business and get better results is in business planning mode so that's that's what i've been doing pretty much solidly for two years good and if i link that back to the abm one of the things that we've launched in the in the Association of Business Mentors in the last couple of years to recognize that we want to give these 2,000 plus members an opportunity to be the best possible business mentors they can be. If we've, we've launched a, uh, designed and launched our own ILM level five and level seven in senior and executive coaching and mentoring. Uh, okay, yeah. Now there are plenty of other ILM coaching and mentoring programs out there but this is this has got a supervisory element. There are wow. there are elements of supervision where people are giving you critical analysis and critical feedback on your mentoring style and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. So whether it be you as a mentee, whether it you as be as a mentor. So I'm I'm at the stage I've actually completed the course. I just need to write my dissertation. Right. The ILM seven is a, an MBA level. But what that's doing for me and what it's doing for other people taking it is it's it's putting some rhyme and reason behind the experience. So it helps me complement my many years of being a business mentor with some of the some of the academic and some of the the practical experience of being a business mentor. So that for me is about staying staying one step ahead of the competition, but also in that case allowing me to deliver even better results for my clients as well. 
Yeah, and, it, and it's interesting you join the two together there because you know, uh, I always say as, as a coach now, I have three responsibilities, awareness, education, and accountability. Yeah. And education and the implementation to make that education practicable and actionable are really, really important, aren't they? Because you, know, you said in your bio there, I know we spoke about before, it's about making better choices, isn't it? And having the freedom to make those choices. And you yep. get much more of that if you have the awareness and you have that education. So I'm, I'm really pleased that you're joining those two together. Why do you think so many people miss out on the freedom to make choice? Because I think you know, I see lots of people chasing financial freedom and we hear all those statements. But to me, the best measure of success is choosing what I want to do today and how I want to get through today. Why, why do you think so many people don't see it as important or, or they miss the boat? I, I think there's two elements in, in you know, real simple terms. Uh, firstly, look, the reality is that most small business owners are building the wrong business. You know, if you're building a business hmm. that doesn't give you financial freedom and time freedom, you're building the wrong business. You know, if you've got a business where there's too much months left at the end of the money, yeah. And you've got you're building a business where you're compromising the time you want to spend with friends and family and, and, and you know, separate yourself from work, then you're building the wrong business. And yeah. and one of the reasons for that, other than lack of a plan, lack of accountability, lack of focus, you know, there's a lot of a lot of small business owners think, well, I'm just success is just around the corner. But they keep doing the same old things and guess what? They get the same old results. Yeah. But I think I think there is a a mentality that says I, I won't be taken seriously if I'm not working 70 hours a week. You know, I can't possibly take Fridays off because people think uh, I'm not taking this seriously. I'm not a real entrepreneur. I'm not a, not a real business owner. And, and I think there is a real culture of, uh, uh, it's almost a disease, if you like. I can't take time off because that's not what I should be doing as a yeah. small business owner. And it's, yeah. it's just the wrong approach for me. Yeah, and I, I, I remember going to a Shell and NatWest course when I first went into business and joined NatWest and they sent me on this retreat. I think it was about two days. And I sat around this table having just started my business. It wasn't just for new businesses, it was for businesses generally. And I heard these other eight people around the table tell me how they worked about 100 hours a week. They had no holidays. They were always stressed, they didn't get to see their families, they'd missed so many things that their kids had done while they were growing up. And I sat there as, I think I was 23, 24 years old, just set up my first business, thinking, what have I done? What, if, what yeah. Why have I left the job? Because these people have got a worse job than I had. And I think that's a, a trap that so many people, perhaps even listening to this podcast episode, will feel that they're in. You know, it shouldn't be a bad job that you've got it should be the best job in the world you've got and you should love being in business and yeah you know it's hustle is a word that i think has been very badly misused over the last few years when it comes to business owners and it's quite it's quite destructive isn't it yeah and uh, you know you see all these posts oh you get up at 5am and have a smoothie shake and all that kind of stuff there's a lot of people criticizing that approach now my view is if you're building the right business, you can start when you want, finish when you, when you want, work from when you want. That's the whole kind of freedom to choose where, when, and, and if you work. Yeah. You know, I met a guy at a networking event recently who was, a, a, you know, it wasn't my cup of tea, but it was very, very quick to brag about his, 
you know, his cars, his house, his holidays, his bank balance, and, yeah. and how, you know, as a result of how successful his business was. And I said, you know, when was the last time you took your your, your young son football training? Yeah. Well, well I, don't, I don't have time. When was the last time you switched your phone off and took your wife out for dinner? Well, I can't remember. I said, well, you're building the wrong business. You, you might have all the finances in the world, but your family and your friends and, and you know, those that are close to you are, di- are disconnected from you. And that, that is not... That is not the acid test of a good business. No, I, I, and it's strange you say that. As you said, you've you've took me straight back a few years now to somebody my wife used to work with, and uh, he had you know lovely kids, very very hardworking, very very successful business, flash cars, um, but actually I saw his daughter take a first horse riding lesson. We took her yeah. to Alton Towers and took her on our first roller coaster. Because I actually, like you've said there, I'd got a business that allowed me to do that. You know, if Angela, my wife, yeah. said, will you come with us to the coast and take take these kids to the coast with me? Yeah, of course I will. And yeah, you know, I, I got a construction business. I got four other businesses on the go. And yet I could still say, yeah, of course I will. What time do you want me there? He couldn't do yeah. that. And he missed out on so many opportunities with his kids. Uh, and it's such a shame, isn't it? We see so many people do that. Uh, and all they've got to do is yeah. have the freedom and- to make the choice. But, 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 you know, the, the, as I say, there is this illness that I need to work so many hours and justify why you, why you are compromising that time. But, you know, if I take it down to basics, you know, your question of what have I been doing, over 75% of all small business owners in the UK, of which there are, you know, 5 million, yeah. over 75% don't have a written down business plan. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, that's not just in the UK, that's globally, I no, can tell you. you know, it's yeah, it's yeah. worldwide, isn't it? So, you know, if you haven't got a plan... How on earth are you going to deliver the results that you want? You know, what's your vision? What's your strategies to get there? How do you measure success? What are the elements of purpose in terms of lifestyle and finances that give you that freedom? If you don't have that articulated, how do you know day in, day out, yeah. week in, week out, whether you're taking the right steps? You don't. Now, now and, and it's interesting, you mentioned the, the word sat-nav at the beginning, you know, and, and I've said this to many people, and listeners, it's, this is probably a good exercise too. Get in your car, put your sat-nav on, and just start driving and do a any mini mini mo whatever it is choose which way you're going to turn and you'll have a lovely drive round but you won't get to actually where you wanted to go because you didn't put the destination in and then you don't get the steps yeah and i know people have done that and they said you know what i drove around for 20 mile oh i saw some lovely scenery but you know what i was in completely yeah. opposite direction of where i wanted to end up and I got there an hour late. <laughs> yeah, if at all. If but, at all. Yeah, but if you take that sat-nav analogy, look, you know, I, I'm probably like most people. I will put the sat-nav on for most journeys, even though I know where I'm going. Because yeah. I want to know if I'm going to get there on time because I hate being late. But we all try and beat the sat-nav, don't we? And if the sat-nav says you're going to get there yes, at 2 o'clock, you want, yeah. to, you want to get there at 5 to. Well, it's the same in business. You know, If you set yourself a goal that you want to turn over, I don't know, £50,000 a month, well... You need a mechanism that tells you whether you're hitting 45 or 55. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, you've got to be able to set that goal and know whether you're on track, off track, or, or about on the nose. But, Gary, I don't know if you've ever done this, uh, but yeah, sometimes I think Google's lying to me and it's not giving me the best way. <laughs> yeah. And the number of times, and, and you'll know this junction particularly as well, the A1 and the M18 junction. Yeah. 
the number of times that Google has tried to send me away and I thought, no, that's a stupid way. Why is it sending me that way? I've got on the M1, or sorry, A1, and I've got to that M18 junction. I sit there in the traffic for 45 minutes saying, yeah. Google was right, I should have followed yeah. Google. And our plans yeah. sometimes aren't just about getting us the most direct route. Sometimes they're for when we go off track and need to get back on track or get round a roadblock as, as well, aren't they? They help us cope with the things that come up. And that's what a business plan does. A business plan says, this is the route you're taking. This is the vehicle you're taking. This is when you're going to get there. And it gives you an opportunity then to modify that should you hit roadworks, the proverbial yeah. roadworks. Yeah. So, you know, if you don't have a plan, you're not going to be able to navigate the, the roadworks that you see in your business. Yeah. What would you say, because uh, the other flip side of this, we went to uh, Pickering uh, last year. And I wanted to get to a particular National Trust park and yeah. put it in Google because I didn't know the area. Put it in Google and we started driving and we took some turns. We ended up going through this estate thinking this doesn't look right, but Google said this is the way. And it took me based onto a farm track and it said, you have arrived at your destination and we were outside a farm gate, nowhere near where the pot was. In fact, we've gone <laughs> a completely different way. What would you say to people that perhaps have had a plan who have found that it's not took them to where they wanted to be? Because it has, perhaps it's other people that have had an influence into it that's got them going the wrong direction, or perhaps it was just the wrong direction they're heading. What would you say to those people that have stopped and it's in the wrong place? Well, you know, sometimes you've got to fail to realise what doesn't work. So, you know, I'm one always looks at failure as an opportunity to learn you know do a post-mortem at the end of a project if something doesn't work yes be disappointed but pick out the good bits what did work what you know was it the design was it the you know so use failure as an opportunity to learn and to build don't don't see yeah. it as absolute failure so there's always some value you can take from it but that's it in business planning you know business plans don't always work we don't always get the results we want but modifying an 80-page business plan isn't going to happen because you don't have hmm. the time the to update something that's 50, 80 pages long. Yeah. Reviewing and updating a single-page business plan if something's not worked, it doesn't take very long to review and update the strategies and basically reset the sat-nav and then put your foot down. Yeah. So, you know, inevitably, sometimes things aren't going to work. That's about like me or you in, in their corner. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's to be able to say, you know, what's your experience? What should I do here? Uh, here's an alternative plan. Do you think I'm on the right track? Yeah, and you do need that awareness, as you know, from a mentor, from a coach that can actually say, are you actually where you think you are as well? Because, you know, my wife was telling me all the way through this estate, I don't think this is the right way, you know. I don't think it's, well, Google says it is. This is the right way. And yeah, I wish I'd have listened to it now. So sometimes, yeah, we have to listen to people that can see the wood for the trees, don't we? Because they've got a different perspective than we've got. And the other thing I would say, listeners as well, look for the signs. If it doesn't feel right, don't just keep plowing on, as Gary said, hoping it's going to be all right. Stop and take a look, get some advice. You know, if, if I'd have, I drove by four people. And if I'd have stopped and just said to these people, excuse me, but is this the way to the National Trust Park? They'd have said, no, mate, you're going the wrong way. And they'd have told me, wouldn't they? But sometimes you have to stop and you have to just put your head up, don't you, and, and see where you are. You, you do, but that's a pride thing. And I, I get this a lot in business, is, you know, particularly with male business owners, they don't like to acknowledge that there's an issue 
and the yeah. plough on regardless because it's seen as a weakness to ask for help. Yeah. You know, a, a disproportionate or a higher number of my clients are females for no other reason than they're more prepared to accept that they're, there's an issue, that they're vulnerable, that they, they, they can't take this business to the next level and that they need help. Whereas the whole male pride thing kicks in and it's, and, uh, you know, it's a standing joke, isn't it, with male drivers will carry on regardless. Yeah. Um, it's the same in business, you know, a, a male business owner will carry on regardless, probably knowing deep down they're not on the right track. Yeah. Do you, do you think, uh, I, you know, I mean, this is a, being a, a thing of mine for some time because, you know, I started my coaching business, you know, just, just before yours. So, you know, being around the, the, the run a few times and, you know, I always get frustrated that some of the most successful role models and people in business very often are seen as the superhero. They've done it all on their own. They're self-made, you know, that horrible phrase, self-made man. And, there is definitely what you said there about the weakness, but some of the role models aren't good enough at coming forward to say, I didn't do it on my own, I'd help. You know, I know Richard Branson has done it in the last few years, but it's taken him decades to, to start to say the help he's had. Bill Gates, similar wise. You know, these people that are the, the giants in business that started out just like we did, aren't ready enough, are they, to say that they had the help neither? And they don't help that, do they, at all? No, and you know nobody knows what they don't know. And I think for me that the fastest route is if you don't know something, ask somebody that has the answer. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. By all means, try and do it yourself. But you know, if you fall off your bike five or six times, you know, the, the, the answer is you probably need somebody to show you how to ride a bike. So, but ev pretty much everybody out there that that is self-made isn't self-made. They've had some kind of help along the way, whether it be. A financial advisor, a business advisor, an accountant, yeah. whatever it might be. So, surround yourself with great people. I think it was a famous Henry Ford quote that said, "You know, I, I'm not the cleverest person by a long way. I surround myself with people that are cleverer than me." Yeah. Well, well why not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I want to pick up on on one final thing, and I'll get you to tell us a little bit more about how people can connect to you and reach out to you before we go into the the tip and the lesson takeaway. But I want to ask the question on something else I've read out in the bio, because I think this is really important to the listeners. And a lot of the listeners are going to be, you know, some kind of advisors, consultants, coaches as, as well. And you say here, help entrepreneurs, which is all of those perhaps listening to this, ditch the guilt and start earning what they are worth. That is the, the single hardest thing I find with people who are service providers, who are coaches and consultants and mentors, etc. There is a real problem with actually realizing what they're worth. What would you say to the people listening to this of, that you can help them ditch that guilt? Well, the, the ditching the guilt comes down to building the the wrong business again. You know, if you if you're feeling guilty because you're working so many hours, you know, you're always online weekends, evenings, compromising your time with your your spouse, your children, your friends. You do you do feel guilty. And, uh, but you're doing that because you're not earning the money in the business, so you keep working to earn the money. And and it's this trap. You know, business owners are trapped. The yeah. very thing they thought was going to free them traps them because yeah. they're, working too many, they're working more hours to earn more money. And the more hours they work, the more tired they become, the, the, the more disengaged they become. And, the, and they're just stuck in this trap. So 
you know, they're feeling guilty because of the compromises, but they're not actually building a business that's going to free them from that trap. Yeah. What What do you think is the most common reason that people have that they feel they're not worth it though because that imposter syndrome comes in don't they oh i'd never be able to charge that much yeah and i always remember going to visit a guy or really in the early days and i told him how much i charged for my coaching and he said i know i need you but you know i I never pay more than 25 pounds an hour because i don't charge more than 25 pounds an hour and i will never charge never pay anybody more than 25 pounds an hour and I said to him, well, you've got a new van outside. Have you had that serviced? He said, yeah. I said, well, you definitely would have paid more than £25 an hour for that van to be serviced. Yeah. And you probably paid a 17-year-old apprentice to do most of the work on it as well, who's on minimum mm-hmm. wage. Yeah, and it's it's this whole thing of what we're worth, isn't it? You know, what, what do you see as an obstacle that gets in the way of that feeling what we're worth? Well, I, th- I think imposter syndrome is one element. For sure. I think um, not having the confidence and thinking that, you know, if I put my prices up, my customers are going to walk away. Uh, And and for me, if you put your prices up 10% or 15% and you're fearful that your customer is going to walk away, price isn't the issue, it's service and value that's the issue. Completely. But most small business owners don't take time in the early stages of their business and they don't evolve this over time to understand exactly what the proposition is exactly why somebody should buy from them and not the competition yeah and they don't spend time really understanding who their ideal customer type or their avatar is yeah. so what they finish up doing is they finish up selling a product that's not differentiated from the competition so they're in a beauty parade to often customers that are not the right customer type and therefore don't fully value it and yeah. as a result you finish up selling the wrong product to the wrong customer at the wrong price and end up in the trap of having a really bad job because you're working with people you don't want to work with. Yeah, and you know, the ironic thing, uh, and I did this early on, I, I fell foul early in my career where a client said to me, we can't pay you any more than X because the most we charge is X. And at the time I needed the money um, yeah. and they were offering me four days a month. And I, I actually got myself a mentor and talked a little bit about pricing and, and how I could articulate the, the, the work that I was doing and the value that I was delivering. and. Very shortly afterwards, I doubled my prices. Yeah. I doubled them overnight. And I got a better conversion ratio of new business because there was a perceived value with being at a higher price. And, and that's the thing. You know, if, I, if, I go to a, if I go to a marketing company and they say we charge £200 a day, I'm not going to think they're very good. Yeah. If I go to a marketing agency that are charging me £1,000 a day, I'm going to think you guys must be pretty good. Yeah. So it's it's that most small business owners are not taking time to listen to what the problem is, to to be able to articulate the proposition, and to have the confidence to be able to to to, you know, position the value that they're delivering for the price they're charging. Yeah, yeah, and I think you said something very important as, as well. You know, get a mentor, get a coach, get an advisor who will tell you what your worth and give you that confidence definitely because your perspective will be different as we've talked about all the way through this so gary tell us a little bit about how the listeners can get in touch with you how can they find you where do you want to send them to is there anything you want to um, get them particularly to to take part in just give us an idea yeah sure there's two ways uh, connect with me on linkedin gary king at yep. tendo uh, you'll find me there's many many gary kings out there but there's only one gary king at tendo 
Yeah. Uh, or, or go to my website, which is tendo-uk.com. And there's, you know, there's, there's loads of resources on my website. There's, there's, you know, quizzes about for business owners that are trapped. There's loads of webinars yeah. and podcasts and downloadable documents. So there's, there's tons and tons and tons of content out there to help business owners of all shapes and sizes, but uh, also plenty of content uh, and messages and such like going out on LinkedIn yeah. on a regular basis. Good. So, and, you know, I'm connect, and it's, to connect and I love to share. Yeah, and it's Gary with one R as well, listeners. So if, if any of you spell Gary with two R's, Gary with, with one R, so that's okay. Yeah, you won't find me if it's two R's for sure. No, no, definitely not. Um, so if you were to give the, the listeners something that they can do, a tip, a lesson, something they can implement as soon as they've listened to this podcast, Gary, what would it be that you want to get them to go away and do or to learn from today's podcast? Yeah, great question. And I think if I can wrap up everything that we've spoken about is get clarity on your purpose in terms of three areas. One, what puts fire in your belly every day? So you've got to be building a business that puts fire in your belly, otherwise you lose your mojo. Yep. Second thing is what financial reward do you want your business to deliver to you and what you're going to do with that financial reward? And the third one is what lifestyle do you want the business to give you? So how many days a week, how many weeks a year do you want off? So what lifestyle do you want your business to give you and what you're going to do with that time off? Once you've got your clarity on those three elements of purpose, you then need to go about building a business that will allow you to have those three things. So build a business that gives you mojo, uh, build a business that gives you financial rewards and gives you time rewards. Yeah. And, and listeners, I, I would add one thing to that as well, because there's so much on social media at the moment. So many people who are trying to build this for you. Make sure it's what you want. You know, it's about having your choice. You know, you can use other people as examples. Sure. But your choice is yours. It's neither right nor wrong but it's, it's right to make the choice. And just because somebody else is working four hours a week or somebody else is working 100 hours a week, if they choose to and enjoy it, as you say, if that lights up their fire in their belly, then that's fine. So, you know, be true to yourself as well. Be authentic to yourself and don't always just go out there looking at some of these quick fix, you know, um, programs that are out there that give you that as well. Because you know, I'm seeing a lot of that at the moment. I don't know if you're seeing a lot of that, Gary, but there's a lot of, I've, I've got to be like this type of thing. Yeah, do you know, there's millions of snake oil salespeople out there selling courses. And, and actually, yeah. the only thing that's made them successful is selling courses that make them look successful. But, yes. you know, to your point there is, you know, if, if you see a post that says, I get up at 4.30 a.m., do a two-hour gym session and have a kale smoothie before I start work and, and you know, the hustle, go, you crack on. I'm going to get out of bed at 9 o'clock because I'm, I'm, I'm not <laughs> an early riser. So do what works for you. You Correct. know, some days, some days I won't work. I'll choose not to work, but I might do an hour or two on a Sunday if, if I feel fit. So being an entrepreneur, running your own business that gives you freedom is about you choose where and when you want to work. And if you yeah. want to you want to take a Friday off because it doesn't work for you or you want to you stay in bed while 10 o'clock, do what works for you. Yeah. But you choose when to work. Yeah, yeah. And live to that purpose. Absolutely. So final question then, Gary. If you were to have your next coffee, I'm going to ask you two two parts to this. Yeah. Where would it be? What would be a dream location? Okay, we used to have it, ask this during lockdowns when people were dreaming about going to far off places, but it can be right at home. What would be the dream location? And who would be the ideal person to be having it with? Wow. 
Wow. Alive or dead. But I, I mean, obviously, they're not dead when they're actually there, but. Uh... Yeah, do you know what? Location for me, I, I love the sunshine. So anywhere where yeah. there's a bit of sunshine. So, you know, uh, if I want to drink coffee, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to Italy. I'm going to go to Milan or to Rome or whatever and, and go, right, go to the home of coffee. And for me, it would be somebody like Elon Musk. And, right, you know, okay. I know he, he kind of divides opinion, but I just, I think the guy, uh, you know, Jeff Bezos is another one. I just yeah. think they've got a passion for customer service that is getting lost in the world and that they've got, they've got a passion for innovation. And, you know, there's a lot of people, if I, if I take, Jeff Bezos as an example. There's a lot of people critical of Amazon. Yeah. You know, Amazon's killing small businesses. No small businesses that don't open 24 hours. Small businesses that are inflexible are killing small businesses. So Amazon's just capitalizing on where other businesses are going wrong. Elon yeah. Musk is doing exactly the same. He's just capitalizing where other people can't be bothered or are not interested. So for me, it would be getting under the bonnet of people like those to really understand what right. drives them, what motivates them. And what, what causes them to be so crystal clear on the vision. Yeah, and they are on the, they're crystal clear and laser focused, both of them. Yeah, so lovely. Yeah, uh, I'm with you a little bit on the sun, but actually, listeners, it would be, for me, it would be in the sun, but on a terrace in the mountains with snow around me. I'm getting a feeling for that. You know, as I record this, I'm going skiing in a few weeks' time, and there's nothing better than having the sun beating down on you. You've got all the sunscreen on, drinking a nice coffee with snow and skiing all around you. So I'm in the sun, but I'm in the cold as well. So uh, taste of both both sides. Look, you've you've given us so much to think about. So much I've written down on my notepad here, Gary. So much listeners, I know that you've taken away. Thanks for being a great guest and thanks for sharing so much about the Association of Business Mentors. Anybody in the UK should look out for that. And also some great tips for businesses and how they should look at their purpose and their plans as well. You've been an absolute star. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. And listeners, you know now, all you need to do is leave us a review. Tell us what you thought about it. Uh, but most importantly, tell us what you have done differently. Tell us what impact this has had on your business, your life, because you've heard and you've implemented what Gary has said. And, uh, and don't forget, reach out to him as well on LinkedIn and on the website, and it'll be in the show notes below this. So thanks very much for listening to today's podcast, and I'll have you on the next one. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.